Good evening. Good evening. You love Australians, eh? You love to beat Australians. That's all right. When the Wallabies and All Blacks are playing, as I told you, I'm an All Black supporter through and through, as God is too. Got my theology right. In God, there are appointed times and appointed seasons. You know, it says in Psalm chapter 1 that even the fruitful person, the blessed person planted by the streams of living water only bears fruit in season. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. His leash shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper, but he still only bears fruit in season. Now, you need to understand that's not Galatians 5 fruit of the Spirit. That should be all the time. This is the results that, you know, sometimes we're waiting to see, waiting to see, waiting to see. You know, in your own life, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in your health, in your emotions, you're waiting to see, waiting to see, waiting to see. You know what I'm talking about? Even that blessed person, even that righteous person will only see it in due season. And I believe in God that there comes a tipping point. And this church, you know, I prophesy over your life, now is the tipping point of God. Uh, there was a pool and people gathered around about them. And at a certain time when the water was stirred, the first one in was healed. The Bible talks about the, the word waits for an appointed time. There are appointed times, there are appointed seasons in God. And there's, uh, there's an illustration that I, I get um, uh, in, on the Gold Coast. And one of the theme parks is in the, where the, the, the water park, there's this huge bucket where uh, water comes into it and all the kids and stuff gather underneath. And, and, and the, what it is, it's on, this, it's on this pulley thing that the water comes and the water comes and the water's rising, the water's rising, the water's rising. And what are they waiting for? They're waiting for the tipping points and they're waiting for that which is in there to come pouring out. Sometimes you can sit there and you can wait and nothing's happening, nothing's happening. But how many people know the water is rising, the water is rising, but it's got to get to a tipping level. It's got to get to a tipping level. And this church is at the tipping stage. And that's why I prophesied this morning by the Spirit of God around the world tenfold in ten years if we will actually understand that this is the, what has been the last, what, 26 years is actually been the platform for launching for the future. It's not a ceiling, it's the platform. It's the launching pad. But in order for us to embrace and walk in the fullness of God's intention for our lives, there is an absolutely essential need for every one of us to be spiritually minded. One of the greatest attacks employs of the enemy is to get us thinking naturally minded. The Bible talks about having the mind of Christ, seeing as Christ sees, hearing as Christ hears. And we live in a world, how many people know this world around us is very real? Pinch yourself. Okay, you're real. The world around us, uh, just going to work, eating, sleeping, just everything around us is so real and it grabs our attention. But we live in a time that we've got to be people that are spiritually minded to say, God, I know I'm in this natural world, but the spiritual world, we are first and foremost spiritual beings with a natural body. We're not natural beings with a spirit. The real thing is that we are created in the image of God. And the Bible says those who worship Him must worship Him in what? Spirit and in truth. 
There is a fight on for your mind, your attention, your focus. So many people got distracted by things in life. There's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 10. God's dropping in my heart right now. And it says this, Do not forsake the gathering together or some are in the habit of doing. And God spoke to me and said, Steve, no habit ever started as a habit. It's just once. It's just twice. And it's only a couple times. I won't make a habit of it. Whether it be smoking or drinking, whether it be whatever it may be, it's always, I can handle this. And I want to encourage you today, what habits are you forming by the decisions you're making today? There's a need to be spiritually minded. You are at a tipping point, church. And I look forward to celebrating and walking with you and seeing what God is going to do on a global level through Church Unlimited. Anyone else? Are you ready to live? Some people look at us Christians, crazy Christians, and say, you guys are out of your mind. Well, can I just say something? Unless you are willing to live out of your mind, you'll never be a man or woman of God. Some of you actually need to get out of your mind a little bit. Live a little bit out of your mind. I'm not saying devoid of thought, but not limited by thought. Not limited by reason, not limited by logic, not limited. You know, the equations of God do not add up the same as your equations. If you want everything to make sense before you step out, you will die waiting. And the Spirit of God says the things, He says, He that gives, you will receive much more. Now, in the natural, that's a wrong equation. If I've got five things and I give away two, I have less. But in the spirit realm, in the things of God, the more you give, you'll get pressed down, shaken together and running over. And when God says, step out, man, things are going to happen. Let's be people who are stirring in my heart right now. Let people that step out of the boat step out into the things of God before we see any evidence of the change. God is looking for people. People that are just, God, if you say it, I believe it, that settles it. If you say it, I believe it, that settles it. We're going to pray. And then I believe God's going to encounter some people tonight. How does that sound? We don't need another word. We don't need another just, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, just another scripture read. We don't need just another song sung. We need an encounter with the living God. Saul of Tarshish, who became the apostle Paul, knew the word inside out. He could quote it. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a man of the Lord. He was a man who passionately loved God and wanted everyone to follow God. He was misguided, but he was passionate. He didn't need another scripture. He didn't need another quotation from the, the law. He needed an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the world needs. They don't need another verse. They don't need another song. They didn't need another bashing from another Christian. They need Christ to be revealed. They need an encounter with the living God. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. That the Lord is good. In this world, we just need the world to have a, not to see Jesus, but to see Jesus as He is. There's a difference. At Christmas time, everyone's got a view. 
It's a baby in a manger. It's, it's a man walking around with flowing locks and white robes. It's a picture of a man walking on water. It's a picture of a man on a cross. And all that is part of who Jesus was. Everyone say was. But you know what? The same John, the one whom Jesus loved, who laid upon his chest at the Last Supper, who was one whom has said Jesus loved and was the closest of Jesus' friends. That same John, who when he saw Jesus in Revelation chapter 1, he says, I fell at his feet as though dead because of the glory of God. We don't need to see just Jesus as a man, Jesus, who we're comfortable with, who's my buddy and my pal, but we need a revelation of the resurrected Christ, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. The world needs to see Jesus as he is. Once again, see him as he is. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Can I have a little bit more of this in Fulpet, please? You guys wore me up this morning, so. Father, right now in Jesus' name, just pray in Holy Spirit that you will encounter people. Reveal your very good heart. Lord, guide my words. Lord, let the outcome of tonight be that people encounter the love of God in such a way that freedom is the result burdens are lifted hope comes right now in this place I just release the smile of God upon your life some of you are hungry I just want you just right now open your hearts maybe open your hands to God Holy Spirit of the living God, just touch every person right now. I say peace, tangible, upon your life, upon your heart. God is called the Prince of Peace. God's kindness, God's goodness. Bring revelation truth from your word, we pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And everyone that's ready to receive the word said amen. 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 Thank you. God bless you, sir. Well, it's great to be back here with you tonight, this morning. Talked about with God, there's always more. Did anyone get the message? We're not to settle in a place that is less than God's best. We're not to ask for less than God is willing to give. That God is an immeasurably good and large God that he's got great plans corporately and individually. But I want to bring something that God laid upon my heart. And, and what I'm sharing here with you tonight, I've never shared anywhere before. Because, and what I shared this morning, I just want to say too, I never shared anywhere before. I, I'm not a, as I said to Pastor Tark, I'm not a preacher for hire. I'm not filling up someone's calendar. If you invite me to come, it's, Father, what do you want to say? Blank document, I listen and that's what you'll get. Is that cool? And so God knows who's here. He knows where you're at. And the thing about, I love about God is he can speak on the corporate and on the personal at the same time. Yeah. I love it about God. I love it about God. And so he wants to meet with you tonight. And the, script, the, the phrase, rather, that God dropped into my heart is this. Don't settle at a place that God intends you to pass through. Don't settle at a place that God intends you to pass through. I just want to read a scripture and then I want to bring in a couple of thoughts and then um, and we'll go from there. Genesis chapter 11, verse 31 and 32. Genesis 11, 30, 
1 and 32. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abraham. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. Anyone know what Canaan represents? Anyone else? What does it mean? It's the promised land. So here they're on their way to what God has promised. That's where you are on your way to as well, church. Individually, you were not born to exist. You were born to go to the place that God has promised. He's got a promise for every single one of you. But even as I'm getting into this now, there is an enemy at work in some of your lives tonight. The Bible talks about the enemy as the deceiver of the brethren. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We heard about that this morning. He's a thief. You know what a thief does? A thief takes what does not belong to him. Sometimes we think, yeah, but he has a right to take it. No, it doesn't belong to him. The enemy needs to be given an eviction notice by some of you in your life tonight. Because he is trespassing. He is defeated. He knows it. And you say, but he's so powerful in my life. He's only as powerful as we allow him to be. Because he knows the truth. Someone that is under the authority of Jesus Christ, that walks in the authority of Jesus Christ, he absolutely must bow the knee. His only power is when he makes you believe that you don't have the power to evict him. And there's an enemy in a war that is stopping some of you to get to your promised land tonight. And I pray that you'll re-engage. And it says here, he's on the way to Canaan, but, everyone say but. There's a lot of unholy buts in the Bible. They're on their way to Canaan, the promised land. Well, God has promised. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years and then he died in Haran. And I felt God started to speak to me and say, too many people are settling in a place that they're meant to pass through. They were meant to pass through Haran to go to the promised land. And then God said this to me, too many people die in the place they're meant to pass through. See, your settling will end up dying unless we move from the settling towards our destiny. It's just a season, Steve. It's just a season. Can I tell you again, like a habit never starts as a happiness, a season never starts as a season. It starts as a moment. And so many people not only settle, but they die. And then God took me to a a scripture that if you've been... uh, Uh, around church for more than five minutes, you might have heard this. How many people know Psalm 23? Even people that aren't saved, they know this. They read it at funerals and things like that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We know that scripture. But listen here, God spoke to me and showed me something I hadn't seen before. In verse 4 of Psalm 23, it says this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because God is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Anyone heard that? Listen to what it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Too many people are settling in the valley of the shadow of death. And then God took me deeper because I'd seen that before, but this is something I hadn't seen. And right now I'm just praying, Spirit of God, minister spirit to spirit. Is your spirit open? Your spirit needs to be open to hear what the Spirit of God is about to say. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I haven't seen this before, but God showed me this, a shadow. Hmm. What is a shadow? It is not the thing that it looks like. See, my shadow can look like me, but it is not me. 
My shadow is here right beside me when there's a shadow and the, and the light is shining and the shadow is there. The shadow is not me. And there's something else about a shadow. A shadow is powerless. My shadow cannot intimidate you. My shadow cannot hurt you. My shadow cannot say things. My shadow cannot lash out at you. My shadow cannot either do you good. My shadow is my shadow. It is not me, and it is powerless. And God started to show me, this doesn't say, yo, know, I walk through the valley of death. Some of us think we're in a place that maybe this is my lot in life. Maybe this is where it ends. This will never happen. The breakthrough will never come. This is where I'll die. You're not in a valley of death. You're in a valley of the shadow of death. It's not even the valley of death. This is my lot in life. It will never change. The enemy says this is maybe where it will be. He's a liar. Are you hearing me? I've never seen it. The valley of the shadow. We're scared of a shadow. Hmm. I just felt God say, you know what? We're going to move on. I'm going to tell you three keys to passing through, but we're going to do something. Because God really burdened my heart. There's some of us, even though it's the valley of the shadow of death, some of us have been, are in a place where Death is before us, it's in our thinking, it's in our minds, it's in our heart. And I felt God say to pray against the spirit of death. Is that okay? Because some of you is from something like a doctor's report. They're saying this is terminal. And I, and I want to pray over you tonight. Some of you, there's suicidal thoughts. Some people have suicidal thoughts. It's like this, it's not worth it. It's, you might as well end it right now. And some people in this room have suicidal thoughts and no one would know from the outside. The Spirit of God sent me here to set you free from the shadow of death which has come and actually masqueraded as death. And God wants to set you free. Maybe it's a doctor's report. Maybe it's the suicidal thoughts. Maybe it's a family history of early deaths or terminal illnesses. Sometimes when there's been many early deaths or challenges, or illnesses, people get the spirit of fear that comes on them. Maybe it's going to happen to me. Maybe it's going to happen to me. Maybe it's going to happen to my children. This happens a lot. And God says, I want to set you free from that today. Maybe it's just the fear of death. You fear dying. Maybe for some of you, it's the fear of the death of a marriage. Because there's such a history, again, of divorce. So many people in our family line have been divorced. Maybe that's where it end up for us. And so what I'm going to ask in this place right now is I'm going to ask for everyone just to maybe close your eyes for a moment. Maybe close your eyes for a moment. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full. Our God is the God of life, not death. The enemy pronounces death. God pronounces life. And while every eye is closed, uh, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm just going to, I just wonder if, if there's anything on any of those levels where the, the, the death has just, they, 
it's almost got into your heart, it's got into your mind, it's, it's got into your way of thinking, whether it be a doctor's report, whether it be the suicidal thoughts, whether it be a history thing, a family line, whether it be just a fear of death, whether whatever it may be, and you say, you know what, I don't want that, because that's the enemy. See, we, we can never move forward in God while this thing of death is hanging over us. It immobilizes us. So while every... Eyes closed right now. If I'm speaking to anyone here and you just say, Steve, I'm walking to freedom, I wonder if you just slip up your hand just so I can see it. Wow, 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 wow. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. You can, you can put your hands down. Church, you need to understand in this auditorium there are dozens of people that death has been trying to intimidate. See, we look around and say, well, no, no, not in church, not here. Yeah, here. But he's a liar, he's dis- as a deceiver, and he is defeated. So I want to pray. I wonder if you, I wonder if we'd all stand. Brother on the key will quickly, quickly run up here. Right now in this place. See, it's about God encounters. It's not about preaching a message. I'll get through whatever I get through. But the most important three thing is there's an enemy that has wanted to destroy some of your lives. And God has come tonight and said, enough is enough to the enemy. Enough is enough to the enemy. I wonder if you lift your hands to heaven. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, in whose authority I stand, I speak to every lying, usurping spirit, spirit of death. I take authority over you. And I command you to leave the hearts, the minds, the lives of these people in Jesus' name. You are a trespasser, and I command you to leave. You you are defeated. Jesus Christ went, he went down to the grave and he, he took back the keys of hell and of death. He disarmed this robe, Satan and his power. And right now, The Bible says that he who the Son says free is free indeed. And it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And Jesus Christ came that you may have life and life to the full. So right now, Spirit of the living God, I release life in Jesus' name. Spirit of God, I release life. I just, I just right now, just in the spirit realm command this thing to withdraw and never to come again those doctors reports that said this thing will end in death right now by the spirit of God we together prophesy life a long life and it will satisfy you in the name of Jesus Christ that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living prophesied in Jesus name those people that have suicidal thoughts it's the spirit of death that has been assigned against you right now I I just maybe maybe you want to just say this just say it out of your mouth because the Bible says there's something about the confession of your mouth and it's that's you just across this place just just quietly you, you need to pray this after me dear heavenly father Right now, I reject the suicidal thoughts. 
and I receive your life and the peace of God in my mind. Father, right now I just pray that from this day on, there'll be a lightness. I pray there'll be an exchange of just heaviness for lightness, sadness for joy, hopelessness for hope. Where there's been a family history a brokenness and death, death of marriages, death of relationships, natural deaths. Right now, we just stand together as the body of Christ and say, no, 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 no more. No more. It stops here. We, we, we will be people that start a new way. Oh, start a better way. Start better traditions. Start better experiences. Right now, we prophesy healthy marriages, oh God, in Jesus' name. name of Jesus. We just thank you for your goodness in this place. Some of you just need to just breathe right now. Come on, breathe in the Holy Spirit. He just loves you so much. It's for freedom that Christ set you free. Thank you for your goodness in your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thanks, mate. Sometimes you come to church and you get one main meal. Sometimes you come to church and you get a smorgasbord. Is that okay? Again, we're just... So we're not to settle in a place that we're meant to pass through. We're meant to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So how do we actually walk through these challenging times? How do we do it? Great, Steve, that you're saying we're to do it, but how do we do it? Well, because you asked me so nicely... Uh, let me just give you three things quickly here. Number one, we need to view obstacles as opportunities. Yeah. This is not the power of positive thinking. This is the truth. No, the truth, the truth will set you free. So many times we miss, uh, we, we look at the thing that is before us. We look at that thing that we find ourselves in and we say, yeah, but Steve, my, my problem is this thing. I want to declare to you your problem is not that thing, but your view of that thing. Uh, let's, let's go to the Word, and I'm just going to, we're not going to turn to things, I'm just going to read out a few things. You know what, it's time to view obstacles as opportunities. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, came out of the bondage, oh, praise God, now they've been set free, everything is going to be perfect from now on. Maybe that's your belief of what it is to be a Christian. I came to Christ, now everything is going to be perfect. How many have had your bubble burst? Uh, uh, and the children of Israel, now they're in freedom and they come to the Red Sea and before them is this insurmountable obstacle or is it an obstacle? Maybe it's just an opportunity for the miraculous to happen. Oh, the children of Israel, they, they crossed that. The miracle of God happened and, and we know that they wandered for 40 years and they, they died out. But Joshua El, and Caleb, they kept their faith and they came and they were coming into the promised land. Now, 40 years later, coming into Canaan and they come to the Jordan River. And what again is the Jordan River? Oh, here we have another obstacle. We we're right on the cusp of coming into our destiny. And now once again, we have this barrier. This obstacle, but is it an obstacle? No, no, no. It's just another opportunity for God to show his supernatural power. 
<laughs> oh, and then the waters parted and they crossed the Jordan River and now they come to the walls of Jericho. Oh my goodness gracious me, another obstacle in the way to keep me from my destiny. But it was not an obstacle, it was another opportunity for God Almighty to show His supernatural power. Oh, the walls to come down with a shout. It's time to view our obstacles as opportunities. Oh, here comes this little 16, 17-year-old boy, David. Oh, he comes to the Israelite camp where his brothers are. And here comes this nine-foot-something giant called Goliath. He comes out and he starts to just throw out accusations and cursings upon the people of God. And they, they start to fear. They start to quake because here before them is this incredible obstacle that just stops them from winning the battle. But this young boy, something in the heart of a young man that had not been corrupted by logic and, and just defiled by human reasoning, he said, this is is not an obstacle. This is an opportunity for my God to do the supernatural miraculous. The thing in your life is not a problem. It's an opportunity for God to sow supernatural power. <laughs> Elijah confronts the 450 prophets of Baal. What are they? Is that an obstacle? No, no. That's an opportunity for God again to call down fire from heaven and, and burn up the offering and supernatural power of God. <laughs> God comes to a threshing floor where there's a man called Gideon. He says, rise up, mighty man of valor, and he's hiding in the back room. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, that speaks to you right now. I just feel God speaking to me. You know what God does in your life? He doesn't look to where you're at and cause you where you're at. He calls the potential out in you before you see it. Some of you have had prophetic words. Some of you know that God has spoken of your life, but you see yourself a certain way and say, I could never because I am. I want to declare to you the real you is not who you say you are, you am, you are, but who God says you are. See, I can talk English. We need to allow God to define us and not ourselves and not our circumstances. Call the things that are not as if they are. That's what God did to Gideon. He says, I want you to go out. And to go out. And if you read this in the Bible, that the enemy that they were going out against, it says they were a multitude. They were, they were like sand upon the seashore. And he goes out and all he's got is 32,000 people. Is that an obstacle? No, this is an opportunity. And God says, too many. Really, God? No, no, these are not good odds at the start. And 32,000, he says, anyone that's afraid, tell them to go home. <laughs> 22,000 say, we're out of here. Now we've got 10,000 against the multitude. God says, too many. Tells them to drink. Those that got down and lapped and cast aside their, their weapons and didn't look out. He said, no, I don't want them. 9,700 go home. He's left with 300 against the multitude. 300 against an innumerable number. Is that an obstacle? No, that's an opportunity for God to do the supernatural. Maybe we're viewing obstacles in our lives incorrectly. Maybe they're opportunities for the supernatural. Maybe the supernatural. Oh, as we head to the New Testament... What was the feeding of the 5,000 men plus women and children? Was that an obstacle, all these hungry people? 
No, no, that was an opportunity for the supernatural to take place. It's time for us to view our challenges, our difficulties, our obstacles, the roadblocks. They are not things to deter you. They're things, they're, they're things that God is standing on the other side saying, hey, I'm welcoming, I'm beckoning you to come on through those things and see the glory of God. How many people will think it's an incredible thing when Jesus fed the 5,000 with a few loaves and fishes? Do you know what would have been more powerful if what Jesus intended had happened? The disciples said to these people, and they're hungry, we need to send them away. And what did Jesus say to them? You feed them. And they said, we can't, because there's an obstacle here. No, that's an opportunity. Come, okay, let me do it then. We think it says, oh, bring them to me. No, it's like, bring them to me. I want to tell you, there are, there are opportunities for every single one of us to walk in the supernatural. But so many times we're praying them out of our lives rather than saying, God, help us to go through them. I declare to you today that the obstacle is not the problem, it's our view of it. The storm, when Jesus was in the boat and the disciples, it wasn't an obstacle, it was an opportunity for the supernatural. Are you hearing me today? The death of Lazarus, mate, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty big obstacle, death. He goes, no, this is just an opportunity. I could have healed him when he was sick, but man, this is, this is going to be even more powerful. This is going to be even more glorious. In John chapter 9, verse 1 to 3, you know, it says about Jesus, he went along and he saw a man blind from birth and his disciples asked him. I think this is something that we say a lot, even today. Who sinned, this man or his parents? We want to look for a reason and a reason for the challenge. And what did Jesus say? It's not about this man or his parents sinning. This has happened so that the work of God can be displayed in him. I want to tell you that the thing that you think is defining you is actually the thing that God is setting you up to do incredible work in you and through you. Someone's happy. It's time to view obstacles as opportunities. Do you hear that here tonight? God, help me to see what you're wanting to do. See, I'm just feeling in this moment just that the things that we see in our life that are happening, so often our thought is, how do I get through this? How do I remove this? I wonder what would happen if we just simply adopted this prayer. Father, what do you want me to do in this situation? Because maybe the obstacle is an opportunity for the supernatural power of God to be displayed. Here's the, here's the second thing about moving through. And we need to move past moments of failure. I really need you to lean in and listen to me, church. In an auditorium this size, many of you know what it is to have moments of failure. Many of you that have walked with God for a long time, maybe you haven't walked with God, but you know what it is. And this is part of the, the thing that God says, I want you to walk through this valley of the shadow of death. Can I just say right now that your, your failures are actually shadows of death? It's powerless. It's not the real enemy. And God wants to list something off you today. God says, don't camp at a moment of failure. Pass through it by the grace of God. Some of us have allowed 
our failures, our moments of failures, maybe even a lifestyle where we have chosen things to disqualify us. And God would say to you today, don't disqualify what God himself qualifies. What was the betrayal the betrayal of both Judas and Peter. What were they? Were they both obstacles? They were both opportunities for the supernatural power of the redemption and the the, the forgiveness and the recommissioning of God. One did not see that and ended up committing suicide. The other one received the commission to go and become a disciple that takes the good news of Jesus Christ around the world. They were both in the same place. One was an obstacle that says, this defines me. This is the end. This is the valley of death. The other one was able to lean into and receive the grace of God. Your failures are powerless in your life unless you give them power. And God wants to come tonight to set us free. Set us free. The Bible says in 1 John 1 verse 9, if you confess your sins, I want you to listen to the heart of God. If you confess your sins, full stop, done. He is faithful. He is just. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you from all sin and all unrighteousness. Do you see how much God does? He's just willing and wanting and waiting for us. Even when the prodigal son came home, what happened? He comes and says, I'm not worthy. Does the father say, no, you're right. We need to really work through this. He doesn't even, he just hangs, he just puts his arm, the first thing he does is put a robe around him. Oh, listen to me, church. Oh, the God that I've learned to love, the the God that I've come to love, this father, he doesn't ever come to expose. He comes to cover. And this father who had this prodigal son came straight from the pig pen, straight from the prostitutes. He came to his father stinking and smelling of sin. And the father immediately, says, let me cover that shame because that's the type of God that I am. The Father covers. You know, probably one of the hardest things is us forgiving ourselves. Can we be honest in church? I know God's forgiven me, but I'm finding it hard to forgive myself. You know, Romans 12, 1 in the Message Bible, the last line of it in the Message says this, embracing what God has done for you is the best thing that you can do for him. If we don't move on because of what we have done, somehow we've got it wrong because can I declare into your spirit what God has done is bigger than what you have done. However big your sin, I want to tell you the grace and the love and mercy of God is so much bigger. And I love this scripture in Hebrews 10, verse 17 and 18. Then he adds, Their sins and their lawless acts I will remember no no more. Just think about this. God says, I'm not going to remember your sin anymore. Once it's forgiven, I remember it no more. Is that powerful? Now, he's an all-knowing God. So what does that mean? He he actually forgets? No, he's all-knowing. Do you know what it means in the original language? He chooses not to bring it back to remembrance, especially for the sake of punishment. He says, I will remember them no more. But where they have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Every person in this room, I need you to look at me right now. If you have asked God to forgive you, there are no more sacrifices that need to be made, including you being better, including you being good, including you making it up to God. We can't make it up. We can't make it up to God. That's called self-righteousness. He, you know what? (laughs) 
Last time I checked, I'm righteous because of Christ. When I was a sinner, I accepted Christ, even in my filthy rags, he accepted me, and I instantly became righteous. You know what the word righteous means? In a condition acceptable to God. Because of what Christ has done. So if he took you from unworthy and filthy and dirty in a moment and made you totally purely righteous when you had done nothing, what makes us think that now that we're walking with God, when we have a moment of failure, we suddenly become unworthy and unrighteous once again? What God has done is greater than what you've done. But he loves you enough tonight to say, forgotten sins, sorry, forgiven sins are forgotten sins. And some of us in this place tonight need to leave those things that would try to hold us back. Those, those sins that have become like a ball and chain around our ankles. God wants to set you free tonight. I'm, I'm almost done, so I'm going to ask you to come back up because I'm just thinking that you need a bit of exercise backwards and forwards, brother. <laughs> He's doing a good job, isn't he? I want to pray into this in a moment, but let let me just mention the third thing, and that is we need to look for the goodness of God in our present situation. Sometimes we just see the problems, and God says it's time to look. Remember I said this morning, see, I'm doing a new thing, now it springs up. But we need to be intentionally looking for what God is doing. God says to us all here tonight, I want you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Our God is such an incredibly wonderful and good God. And he wants to set people free in this place tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to close. But let me tell you, I know what I'm talking about. I've walked with God my whole life. Been brought up in under wonderful parents, been ministering the word and been involved in ministry since I was a teenager. I'm in my 40s now. But I want to tell you, I got to place only four years ago, 2010 to 2011, four to five years ago, where I was so debilitated by condemnation and guilt while traveling, while speaking, while prophesying, while leading worship. I was so debilitated by grief, um, by guilt and accusation from the enemy about little things that I was not quite getting right to the point that I get up to go to minister the Word of God and I would be so riddled with accusation and guilt, I'd be throwing up in the toilet before I go to preach. Just I would be lying awake at night, my whole neck would start to tingle and shake. I felt so unworthy. I felt like a, a man that God must be ready to wipe off the face of the planet because I kept on mucking up time after time. And do you know what? It was such a small little things, but the enemy had got in because I so wanted to honor God. I I so wanted to be perfect, I'd actually shifted the goalpost that perfection had become the goal of my life to honour God and to honour my family. But my Bible says in Galatians 5.1, it is not for perfection that Christ set me free, but it is for freedom that Christ set me free. And I listened to the lies of the enemy. And as only as I discovered that even the steps of a good man are ordered by God and God delights in him even though he falls. God delights in him even though he fall. He won't be cast down because God will uphold him. I need you to hear what I am saying and don't hear what I'm not saying. But God's more okay with you on your journey than you are with yourself. The enemy might say, you know, but 
Look at what you've done. You know, God's greatest focus in your life is not the sin, but the separation. When He puts the sin in front of us, look what you've done, look what you've done, look what you've done. God just wants to remove that and put the sun up and say, look at my son, look at my son, look at my son. God wants to set you free. We've become too sin conscious. It's time to become sun, S-O-N, conscious. I just want to take a moment of praise. Pastor Tuck comes in a second. I just Let's just close our eyes and just wait in God for a moment. Christ, but I just, in this last moment that I have here today, while every eyes closed, I just want to speak over your life. Is that okay? I want to speak over your life, and I want to declare to you the truth about God. He is love. He is kind. He is gentle. He is patient. Any picture that you have different to that is an incorrect picture of God. He's not harsh. He's not burdensome. See, the enemy, his greatest desire is not to get you to sin, but to keep you from God. And He will do that by trying to make you think that God is something different than He is. He's trying to spoil your fun. He's trying to control your life. No, you know why? He's trying to keep you free from broken relationships, free from pain, free from condemnation, free from guilt, free from accusation. God Almighty wants you to live life free. And Father, I just pray that the Spirit of God will bring revelation of the truth of who you are in this place. Wonderful, mighty God, I praise your name. And I thank you for the power of your word and the power of who you are. I just feel God is just tugging on some of your hearts and calling you back to a place of just, yeah. I want to know God as He is. Know God as He is. Know God as He is. Right now across this auditorium, this is my last thing I'm going to do right now, but I just feel if anyone says, you know what, I just want to know God better. I just want to, maybe you walk with Him for 20 years, and maybe you, you, you love Him, but you just, you know that you want to just know Him more and love Him more. And this is for you. Maybe you're not a Christian or you say, I want to know God uh, better than this is for you. Wherever you are on your journey, if you just simply say, you know what, I know that life can get busy and confusing. There's obstacles. But if we can just put a pause on that, I just want to see God as He is and know Him better. Would you stand to your feet and just lift your hands towards God right now across this auditorium? I want to know God better. I want to see Him as He is. Father, right now across this auditorium, that's you just stand to your feet reach out to God. Lord, we want to see you as you are. We want to know you as you are. Open our eyes to see, to see you as you are. Oh God, in your glory, in your majesty, but also in your kindness and in your grace. Lord, we want to, Lord, I echo the words of the Apostle Paul that I keep on asking the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you give us the Holy Spirit of wisdom and of revelation so that we may know you. 
speak the lightness of God, the lightness of God upon every heart, the lightness of God upon every heart. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God. The Bible says he who began a good work is faithful and he'll bring it to completion. He'll bring it to completion. I speak the favor, the grace, the goodness of God upon you all in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to say thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to be with you. First time at Church Unlimited. God's enlarged my heart from being here. To get ready for the tipping point. You ready, church? Many nations, many buildings, many people saved and healed and delivered. I want to encourage you to get the resources that are out there. Great birthday gifts. And just finally, believinginyou.com.au, my daily devotion. Just goes out every day by email, by Facebook, by Twitter. Just a short thing that you can read that can encourage you in your walk with God. If you want that, believinginyou.com.au. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Tom.